let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby. To the concession stand with J.W. Caldwell. Hello and welcome to the concession stand episode 2. I'm your host, J.W. Caldwell, uh, the movie guy. I am ecstatic that you're joining me for our second episode. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, doing a lot of episodes with the Beats and Eats folks, uh, Ty and Nick. And uh, this is one of my favorite episodes of the year. Um, We're through January of 2016, and that means we got to get right to the most anticipated releases of 2016. Um, I've broken them down into some some big categories uh, for us, so we have a a good show planned for you today. Um, I'd be remiss, though, to not talk about the goings-on in Hollywood right now first. Uh, We're a few weeks away from the Oscars. Um, This past weekend, the Directors Guild of America named Alejandro Giannoritu Best Director of the Year for his film The Revenant. Great movie, one of the best of the year. Um, you know, incredibly grueling, amazing to watch for cinephiles, uh, and clearly deserving. And he's a director that you have to, you have to stand up and take notice of. Uh, but his win at the Directors Guild has muddied the waters of, uh, Crystal Balls for picking the Oscars, uh, coming up at the end of the month, because three movies are in clear contention for Best Picture. Um, the Revenant, which we talked about, which is, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Inarat, Inaritu, um, you know, survival mountain man epic. Uh, just an incredible filmmaking, amazing cinematography, technically precise, incredibly edited, um, you know, and a movie people will be studying for years to come. Uh, you have Spotlight, which is, uh, of course, the movie that focuses on the Boston... Uh, reporters that dug deep and found the Catholic priest molestation scandal and that the church knew about it and basically moved people around. And that shot in kind of this great 70s, all the president's men kind of by the book, fact is fact kind of way. Um, and that one, that one, the Screen Actors Guild uh, Ensemble Award, which is um, widely regarded as this Screen Actors Guild version of Best Picture. Um, and so that is clearly in a, in a race because the biggest voting block in the Academy are actors. And they voted overwhelmingly for that spotlight cast and for that, that movie. So maybe it's got a, a leg up. Uh, and then the third guild, um, and again, usually on most years, they, they sort of kind of coincide or, you know, one one movie wins one or two of them or you know, some years it wins all three, but it never do we have three, you know, so staunch support for three different kinds of movies. A third one is uh, one produ- Producers Guild of America award as uh, The Big Short, which is uh, Adam McKay's uh, scathing, funny, you know, scary uh, movie about adaptation of the 
the housing crisis that hit our country in 2007 and 2008. Um, and a big, big screen cast, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Christian Bale. Um, it is funny. It is scary. It is amazingly well done. It has celebrity cameos. It, it does things remarkably well. It breaks the fourth wall, you know, for the audience. And explaining how our how our country and the mortgage mortgage crisis uh, destroyed savings and destroyed lives and destroyed all kinds of things for people. Um, so, you know, these three movies are all coming to a header. Which one is going to be best picture? We don't know. Uh, the guilds kind of give us a heads up on what's going to be what we think is going to be the important movies at the Academy Awards and. Uh, we'll have a big Oscar preview in a couple weeks, uh, so keep a, you know, we'll keep you posted. Uh, see how the the race continues, because uh, sometimes you know when the campaigning for the awards, things you know do go a little bit out of hand. So maybe you know maybe DiCaprio and Inaritu don't win for Best Picture, but DiCaprio finally wins his Oscar, and we'll let you know and we'll try to get you a good idea of what to put in your pools as we progress um, in a future episode of the show, um, but to my favorite episode of any year. Um, I love the most anticipated movies lists. Um, and what I've done is I've... I started out with... I, I thought I'd do a Super 16. A 16 uh, movies for 2016 kind of theme. Um, and I ended up with like around 30. <laughs> so we're going to do all all 30 of them. And I'm going to kind of go rapid succession. Um, and we're going to you know give you a heads up. I, I broke it down into four categories. I, I gave you 16 of the most anticipated movies of the year. I then did uh, a, a smaller piece that is basically movies for kids and movies for children of all ages. So adults who like kid movies like the Pixar stuff uh, is where that second uh, kind of faction is going to be. Um, and then th- third, I did some video game adaptation. Uh, look at it because we have some video game movies on the way this year. And then fourth, I did Adult Fair, which is movies that are not necessarily going to be blockbusters, but they're going to be movies that people actually want to go see that are adults that want to you know, put the kids away and kind of go and, and just try to have a serious evening at, at the cinema. Um, or, you know, kind of old school, but it's going to skewer a lot older because um, there's a Western on the list that I think a lot of people are anticipating but aren't necessarily, you know, they don't know when it's coming out or aren't as excited as they will be when the first trailer comes out and stuff. Um Westerns are always very tough, but so let's talk about the most anticipated movies of the year, and these are my Super 16, and the first three, right off the top, are all part of a 1A, 1B, 1C, uh, you know, 1A, 2, 1B, 2, whatever you want to look at it, they're, depending on who you talk to, can be the most anticipated movies of the year, or on the list at least, Um, but any one of these three could be your most anticipated movie. Um, and I'm going to start with Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. It opens March 25th. Uh, ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, uh, Gal Gadot uh, as Wonder Woman, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. And it, it's, for my money, the most anticipated movie of the year because we have the two biggest heroes in the history of comics uh, coming to blows, the world's finest. Um, and it's also the, the launching point for DC's cinematic universe that's looking to rival Marvel's amazingly incredible universe right now. It's got Wonder Woman, it's got Lex Luthor, it's got Doomsday, it's got Aquaman, it's got Batman, Superman, and it's the launch. It's the beginnings of the Justice League. It's the beginning of where this DC cinematic universe is headed and whether or not it's going to rival the Marvel universe. 
my main problem and my main scary thing is I'm not I'm not sold on Eisenberg uh, as Lex Luthor. I, I don't like how he's coming across as trailers. And my other biggest thing has always been the tone. The the tone of Man of Steel, uh, while it would work for a Batman movie, didn't necessarily work for me because I think you need some of the tongue in cheek. You need some of you need a little bit of humor. And the DC movies at at this point for me are a little bit too serious. But aside from that, it should be one of the bigger hits of the year. Um, and it should, you know, launch this universe, provided it's good, provided they hit on all cylinders. I will say that I've been on board for Ben Affleck as Batman from the beginning. Um, I remember sitting in a movie theater for a movie premiere, and people were flipping out that Affleck was announced as Batman. And I was kind of sitting there going, I, I think he's got it. You know, he's, he can play both sides of that character. Um, you know, we've seen him in Argo, and we've seen him in the town. And basically, those two characters, the one he played in Argo and the one he played in the town, are the two sides of Batman's persona. So I'm, I'm okay with Ben Affleck. And I think he's actually going to end up being a very good Batman for us. Um, the second movie uh, that's part of the, the one triumvirate uh, is Captain America Civil War. That opens May 6th. Uh, it's directed by the Russo brothers, who are now the de facto leaders of the Marvel Universe uh, since Joss Whedon has stepped down. Uh, they directed the win- uh, Captain America The Winter Soldier. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Pine, Scarlett Johansson, all the heroes are back. Um, kind of like a, 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 an Avengers halftime show, really. Um, uh, you know, Iron Man versus Captain America. Uh, as somebody decides that a registration act, uh, keeping all heroes under, you know, under sort of a government control is the way to go, and Captain America doesn't like that. And, you know, the, the questions here are, the movie looks great. It looks very exciting. The, the teams are very, you know, Team Cap versus Team, team Iron Man. Uh, the question here is whether or not we're going to get a real Marvel fatigue and a real fatigue with regards to comic book movies at the box office. Uh, as this is the beginning, the first movie of Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and can they keep it all together is the question. And where are we going to start seeing uh, you know, actors leave to do other things or contracts run out? Um, you know, Downey, Robert Downey Jr. signed on. You know, I think he's doing movie by movie now. Uh, but he is so integral and important to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as is, and for my money, Chris Pine, uh, who has become the Captain America we've all dreamed of having. Uh, you know, he's he's everything in, you want in the role. So not a lot of chance it won't do well at the box office. It's going to do great. It's just a matter of whether or not the fatigue sets in and how good a movie it's going to be. Um, but the Russo brothers did a great job with their soldier, and I'm not really worried about it. Third movie in the triumvirate, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Gareth Edwards is directing Felicity Jones, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, and first, basically, this is a placeholder. This is the first of a series of standalone Star Wars movies set in the galaxy far, far away, where basically they're going to have a placeholder for a new Star Wars movie that's in between the new trilogy movies. So we have The Force Awakens this year. We'll have Rogue One next year. We'll have Episode Eight the following December, and then another placeholder, which is rumored to be a Han Solo, or a Boba Fett standalone movie, and then Episode Nine, and then another standalone movie that's either rumored to be either Yoda or Obi Wan, depending on where you're looking at. So basically, we get six years of a Star Wars movie every every December. For and who can go wrong? As Force Awakens kind of hit everything out of the park, can't really go wrong. This one is going to be kind of a prequel. It is a Star Wars story about the stealing of the plans for the Death Star. Um, and it, and like I said, it's a placeholder for si- for the next six years. And it's a very exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. And I'm you could be very, you know, 
anticipating that one, but I think it's the, the anticipation's a little bit lower because it's not part of the new trilogy. So, but I'm very excited about it. And like I said, we might get Vader, and you know, it's a prequel. It's it's going to be one of those movies that you jump up for. So those are the top three. Those are easily the most anticipated movies of the year. What else is in the top 16? Well, number four is X-Men Apocalypse. That opens May 27th. The trailers have been amazing. Brian Singer returns to the X-Men First Class and X-Men Days of Future Past Universe. Um, Jennifer Lawrence coming back. Olivia Munn joining the cast of Psylocke. Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy. Everybody back. And basically Oscar Isaac is joining the cast as Apocalypse who's easily one of the greatest X-Men villains going. Uh, he arrives on the scene, and we're going to see where, what happens. Uh, chaos will assume, uh, you know, ensue, I assume. Um, that's big. That's a big movie coming out for Memorial Day. Uh, another big movie coming out, number five, is Independence Day. Resurgence. Uh, it opens June 24th, so it's going to have uh, kind of that July 4th weekend to kind of play with. Roland Emmerich, uh, from the, the director of the original Returns, Liam Hemsworth, Jeff Goldblum coming back uh, to save the world, and and two decades after the the original sci-fi blockbuster, aliens are back. They're hell-bent on revenge. Ships are bigger. Everything's bigger, louder, stronger, faster. <coughs> Basically, a sequel that we I had always expected, but I don't know that we really need. And that's the that's the rub there. Uh, also, there's no Will Smith. Uh, and when Independence Day, the original, came out, Will Smith became a household name because of the original Independence Day. So, what happens when you don't have him in the sequel that everybody wants to see? Who knows? Uh, that's the that's the scary part there. Um, I know they're doing a lot of viral marketing with this as well. Very exciting. Um, number six, Suicide Squad, uh, 826, August 26th, David Ayer's directing... All-Star cast, Will Smith as Deadshot, Margaret Robbie as Harlequin, uh, Jared Leto as the new Joker. And it's the second DC Universe movie of the year where DC villains are basically going to go on an impossible mission. Um, you know, and it's kind of like a, a ragtag group of uh, dissimilar people uh, going, you know, doing the, the Dirty Dozen kind of mission. Um you know, and it's got everything you're looking for. A little bit darker, a little bit edgier. Um, and that's the only thing problematic for me is that, although for Suicide Squad, the, the tone can be darker and edgier. Um, as opposed to, like, the Justice League being darker and edgier. But the premiere, the trailer caused all kinds of a stir. It's, uh, you know, people are very excited about it. And I know people are excited about the, the Harlequin jumping to the big screen, because she has easily become one of the most popular comic book characters in the DC Universe, and, you know, guys love her, girls love her, um, and, you know, and she's she's actually one of the more loyal DC characters, always loyal to her Mr. J, uh, so, um, that's a big movie that's coming out in August, and we don't know where it's going to go, we don't know if it's going to be good, uh, you know, it's leaning towards being good, and it's going to be the second movie in the DC Universe this year. So a lot of lot riding on that. Uh, we also have Star Trek Beyond coming out. That's seventh movie on my list. It's July twenty second. Justin Lin takes over director duties for J.J. Uh, Abrams. So um, the trailer is kind of sparking a little bit of an issue because it looks like uh, you know Star Trek Too Fast Too Furious. Uh, and but it's the third time for the uh, the new cast: Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Idris Elba is joining the cast as well. Um, as the villain of the piece, 
Uh, not a lot is known about it. Um, it's just been. It looks like it's very quick. It looks like the Enterprise gets destroyed. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen there. But it is one of those movies that people are are buzzing about a little bit. Another uh, one, number eight, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That opens November eighteenth, which uh, is no surprise because it's a traditional Harry Potter spot. Uh, it's directed by David Yates. It has Eddie Redmayne, you know, of, of Oscar caliber quality acting the last two years, nominated twice in the last two years, um, as Newt Scamander. It's a prequel set in the Harry Potter universe 70 years before uh, our favorite uh, lightning-scarred forehead child attends Hogwarts. Um, and basically it's just him tracking monsters in New York and then writing a book about it. So, you know, J.K. Rowling's going a little bit back to the well, but it's it's kind of an interesting offshoot. Um, you know, and to be honest, the, the buzz about it's pretty strong. Redman's looking for a franchise. It looks like it's going to be his franchise. And the interesting thing here is if Rowling decides she wants to write another Harry Potter book, I think people would be on board. If she wants to do any more Harry Potter movies, I think people would be on board um, because there's a definite love for Harry Potter. Um, and it's it's a withdrawal kind of thing that that is kind of, a, you know, somebody who lives in Florida understands what the theme parks you go on a theme park day and, and take a look at Harry Potter universe, you know, everything that's going on, Diagon Alley and Hogwarts and, uh, you know, um, Hogsmeade, it's, it is an incredible place and people are still huge fans. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, number nine on my list is interesting. I, I didn't have a title, a working title. It opens July 29th. It is Born 5, but we now know after the Super Bowl... It is called Jason Bourne, just Jason Bourne. Paul Greengrass returns to direct. Matt Damon's back on uh, the role that made him a superstar. Um, and it's it's easily one of the more anticipated adult sequence, sequels of the year um, because people love their Bourne movies. The first three Bourne movies were monster hits um, and doing incredible business and kind of ushered in a new era, even with the Bond films that came after them. Uh, so basically, you know, we're, we're coming back to in a roundabout way, and maybe we're going to find out what's going on with the story, or what's happening, or you know, in the trailer, he kind of says, I know I know who I am, I know what I'm capable of, and now we're going to finally find out what the plan was. So, Jason Bourne, that's July 29th. Very anticipated. 10 on the list is, is one of the biggest gambles of the year. Doctor Strange opens November 4th. Uh, it's directed by Scott Derrickson, Benedict Cumberbatch, Rachel McAdams, and Elijah for um, Joao Tell. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch becomes the Sorcerer Supreme in Marvel Universe's first foray into a magic universe. So a little bit different, a little bit scary uh, for comic book fans, uh, but it also opens up the wor- uh, the realm of possibilities for a Marvel movie in the same way that Guardians of the Galaxy opened it up to space. Um, you know, we're going to have demons, we're going to have magic, we're going to have spells and everything in front of us, and Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, the world's it boy right now, uh, you know, coming off of Sherlock, coming off of The Imitation Game, coming off of Star Trek, he, he is everything to everybody right now, um, and so he's going to be jumping into the Marvel Universe, and his particular character is very important to getting to the next step and being able to do other things in a different realm. Like I, I said, the most important thing to comic book movies at this point is them branching out and becoming other things. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit with this week's big release. Uh, but the idea that comic book movies are going to have to become 
more than just comic book movies uh, or you know good versus evil they're going to have to have varying shades of gray they're going to have to be able to stand on their own and, and kind of do their own genres Doctor Strange is the first foray into that and it's a big gamble but I think they're going to succeed at it um, another big release that's kind of a scary gamble best of the rest 11 through 16 Ghostbusters is number 11 uh, July 15th Paul Feig of uh, Bridesmaids fame brings Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, and an all-star female cast to the greatest comedy franchise of the 80s. And, you know, these are very talented women. Um, I have no problem with it. Uh, You know, I know a lot of nerds, uh, guy nerds, are screaming and up in arms. And if Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd are okay with it, I have no problem with women doing a Ghostbusters franchise movie. And to be honest, the, the ladies they picked are all very, very talented. Leslie Jones, Kate McKinnon, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy. They picked women that can carry a movie. So I'm not at all worried about it. But the animosity and sheer nastiness leveled at a female Ghostbusters movie is kind of an interesting place uh, to try to figure out exactly you know, why or how it's happening. But it is happening. Um, also, Conjuring 2 is my number 12 pick. Uh, Conjuring 2 opens June 10th. Uh, James Wen directs the sequel to its his surprise hit with Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson playing the Warrens. Um, and for my money, the current best horror franchise going. Bar none. Uh, the, the Conjuring movie was a fantastic surprise hit, and it, it's one of the better horror films made in the last 10 years. And this is a franchise that keeps on going because their, their files are so detailed and so amazingly interesting. Uh, I, you know, I urge you to go and look online, check out the Warrens, you know, as being the only Catholic Church sanctioned demon fighters in the 70s. They, they hit a, a myriad of, of stories they can tell and uh, places they can go with this franchise. I'm very excited about the sequel. And another sequel that's kind of got a lot of buzz because it, it's a movie that kind of grew a grassroots kind of build to it now you see me too. I don't know that we need it. Uh, it opens June 10th. It opens right against The Conjuring 2. Um, and I don't, again, I don't know if we need it, but James Chu returns. Mark Ruffalo, Daniel Radcliffe uh, of Harry Potter fame joins the cast as a high tech foil of the Four Horsemen. But the first movie is so much fun and such a hit and so kind of like magical and, and just how it kind of hit and how it made a big hit and made, did, did great things you got to be thrilled about getting a sequel, and they're, they're quick with it, with the sequels. So that's one of the more anticipated movies of the year. Um, other movies in my, my top 16, number 14 is Deadpool. It opens this weekend, um, February 12th, uh, big weekend. Ryan Reynolds trying to get back into good graces of uh, the box office uh, after, you know, the Green Lantern misfire and... and uh, even Blade Trinity misfire and Wolverine Origins misfire. Um, so, you know, Ryan Reynolds jumps in here. Uh, it's very R-rated. It's it's a comic book movie that many people didn't think would ever see the light of day. Um, and it's technically going to have a limited audience, but maybe, maybe the kids are going to get to go with their parents. Who knows? Um, but in order to have the genre stay positive and stay crazy and stay uh, whatever, we're going to need movies that kind of fan out. We can't just have the, the big budget spectacle Avengers movies, every movie out, or big budget spectacle Batman vs. Superman. You're going to need the spread out, and Deadpool is one of those 
that movies on the side that that you know kind of like Ant-Man which is like a you know a comedy piece kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy which is a space piece Doctor Strange which is like the you know the mystical piece the the, the kind of a supernatural thriller you're going to need a genre you're going to need the genre to fan out Deadpool is the the anarchy comic book movie and we'll we'll see if it actually plays out uh, number 15 on my Super 16 list is Central Intelligence. It opens June 17th. It's Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart, um, and basically you're pairing the biggest comedy star, uh, you know, one of the biggest comedians in the planet, with the biggest action star in the world. And you see if they can become next generation uh, 48 hours. Next generation Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. Um, I think they have great potential to do so. I, I, the trailer is actually very, very cool. Um, and buddy action comedy hasn't been done properly in a while. So we're going to see if it, maybe they can, you know, uh, find lightning in a bottle with these two guys and either they get a franchise out of this movie or all of a sudden um, they're starring in movies together a little bit more often. So number 16 is the most intriguing movie on my, on my top 16 list. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Nobody knows what the hell it is. A trailer premiered uh, out of nowhere uh, a little over a month ago. Um, is it a sequel to Cloverfield? Uh, the action hit uh, from Bad Robot that came out a few years ago? Or is it something else entirely? Uh, movie is shrouded in mystery. It's highly anticipated. And it is one of the, the most anticipated movies of the year. Something I'm very excited about. Um... Other things that are that are exciting me this year, um, and and things that we're looking at, uh, the movies for kids of all ages. You got Zootopia um, on March fourth. Uh, Disney Animation, you know, coming coming about a big animal movie. Uh, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Goodwin from uh, Big Love, uh, of course, being part of that cast. You got The Jungle Book on April fifteenth. Uh, Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, Idris Elba, directed by John Favreau, which is the latest Disney uh, adaptation of one of their classic uh, Disney animated movies. Uh, we have a, a sequel to Alice in Wonderland, Alice the Looking Glass, Johnny Depp and Mia Salka returning. Uh, she's going back to Wonderland, um, following trying to save the Mad Hatter. Um, you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. June 3rd, uh, Morgan Fo- uh, Megan Fox, Steve Amell, uh, su- sequel to the surprise reboot hit, uh, and basically has all kinds of fan favorites coming to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe, Bebop, Rocksteady, Krang, um, and I, I don't know if you saw the latest trailer, but I'm wondering if that's a Technodrome in, in it, I, I, I'm very excited about that, um, Finding Dory is June 17th. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres, you know, returning to one of her biggest roles as Dory, the very the amnesiatic uh, fish, um, and it's about finding her family. And you have one of my movies that should have been on the I, I could have put it on the most sixteen anticipated movies of the year, but I wanted it in the kids of all ages division, the BFG, which stands for Big Friendly Giant. Um, it's Mark, it's Mark Ryba, Rylance. Uh, who was just in Game of uh, Bridges, uh, Bridges Spies for Steven Spielberg. And this is Steven Spielberg getting paired with Roald Dahl, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, and 
from acclaimed screenwriter Melissa Matheson, who just who passed away recently. Basically, it is a the you know my favorite filmmaker paired with perfect material about a young girl who finds a who finds a giant that she befriends. I am very excited about it, and it, it it's one of my most anticipated movies. But I put it on the, the kids of all ages, um, and that I think is one of those lists that I could have easily mixed in any of those with any of the other ones. So. So, anyway, uh, another uh, faction of movies that's coming out this year is video game movies. We have two major video game movies. One June 10th, Warcraft, which is a busy date. Uh, you got Conjuring, you got Now You See Me Too. And then you have Warcraft coming out, which is directed by Duncan Jones, who, of course, is the son of David Bowie. Um, and he directed Moon and Source Code. So he's a good young director. Uh, the World of Azeroth finally coming to life. Alliance, Orcs the most popular video game in the world, and will people go see it? That's the big question. Uh, you also have Assassin's Creed, which is uh, December 21st. Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, Jeremy Irons. Um, the, world of Siri, uh, the World of Secret Assassins, and the popular one of the more popular games that are out there. Plus, you pair that with Michael Fassbender and his incredible acting ability, and what kind of movie, what kind of franchise are we going to get out of that? Um, so those are two major movies that are coming out. Those are those are video game movies. Uh, the next and my final category for the amount of movies that are coming out, um, and just so you know, I'm going to pair this with a an article right on Beats Needs Guide. So there there'll be a giant article that'll have all these dates and all these movies and what you you know a comprehensive list. I have Adult Fair movies that are coming out that are a little bit more adult and they skew adult. Uh, Knight of Cups, which is Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Natalie Portman, directed by famed director Terrence Malick. Uh, you know, directed The Thin Red Line, directed The New World and The Tree of Life. And it basically follows a Hollywood screenwriter as his life spins out of control. That's on March 4th. I Saw the Light is on April 1st. That's Tom Hiddleston and Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, the Rise and Fall of Country Western singer Hank Williams with an Oscar buzzworthy performance by Hiddleston. Um, and it's already talking about for next year's award season. Uh, for uh, April 15th, you have Elvis and Nixon, Michael Shannon, and Kevin Spacey. Um, and what could be one of the weirdest stories in American history, um, the untold story of a meeting between the king of rock and roll and our most famed president uh, that resulted in one of the most famous photos of all time. Uh, May 13th, you have Snowden. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Scott Eastwood, and Shalene Woodley, directed by Oliver Stone, about the world's biggest hacker. Uh, I don't know if you could pair anything better with regards to controversy than Snowden and Oliver Stone in one of the biggest questions of our of our life right now, which is security versus liberty. Uh, so it should be it should be one of the more controversial movies of the year. Um, Nine twenty three, September twenty third, a day I am looking forward to like you cannot believe. They're remaking The Magnificent Seven, and Magnificent Seven was one of my dad's favorite movies. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, Chris Pratt, Denzel Washington, and Ethan Hawke, directed by Antoine Fuqua, who did uh, Training Day and The Equalizer, and it's a remake of the 60 classics starring Neil Brenner and Steve McQueen. If you haven't seen the classic, uh, the original Magnificent Seven, 
you have to see it. It's it's essential viewing for anybody who likes westerns and anybody who likes movies because the the star turns in that movie are so amazing. The people that are in it are just off the wall. You know Charles Bronson and James Coburn and so amazing. Uh, I'm looking forward to the remake very much, uh, and it's one of those movies that doesn't necessarily fall on the most anticipated list. But for somebody who likes westerns with a name like John Wayne, like me. Uh, you got to put it on the list. And finally, the final film of the year that that is jumping out at me is something that we need to talk about is our October 7th, The Girl on a Train. Emily Blunt, Rebecca Ferguson, who's kind of very hot right now. Um, it's the best-selling thriller by Paula Hawkins. It finally gets a big screen treatment it deserves, and it, it's falling right into that Gone Girl slot. finally gets, you know, that slot that it deserves and, and jumps up and it becomes one of those movies where, you know, will it hit, will it not? Um, so, uh, that pretty much ends my, my giant list. I am going to have it on the Beats and Eats website. Uh, it'll be comprehensive. It'll have all the dates. It'll have the directors and the stars. Um, and we're going to get that up to go along with the podcast. That's something you can pay attention to. Um... We're going to end this episode. We're 33 minutes in. I, I know I'm holding you up. I know you got some work to do or something. Um, but I also want to give a big movie preview. We, we're coming upon one of the big uh, movie weekends of the year, this first weekend of February, which uh, you know basically falls around it, right around uh, Valentine's Day. There's some major things going on. I did want to give a heads up. Of course, the first episode of The Walking Dead is on on Sunday night. Uh, it's a Valentine's gift that keeps on giving. Um, expecting a lot of deaths in the second half of the season, so it should be you know people will be on you know just flipped out and cra- crazed out. Um, and then big movies open in this weekend. You got Zoolander two going up against Deadpool, and whether or not you know it's kind of a big, it's kind of a stare off. Will Blue Steel beat Dead Steel? And I, I just don't know that it's. It's going to, but it should be fun watching those two go head head to head and just try to destroy each other at the box office. Um, I you know have fun, buy some of the concession stand if you like going to movies, and join me for my next episode. And we really appreciate I really appreciate you listening. Um, and we're looking to have some guests. We might do a review uh, or two for the next episode. And um, thank you very much for wa- listening to the concession stand. Have a great week. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you want me to talk about, by all means, you know, leave some comments on the on the Beats and Eats page. If you have anything you uh, you you know you like about the show or something I could change that you feel I'm I'm not good at that I need to work on, also I take constructive criticism very very well. Uh, but thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate you listening. Have a great day, and go see a movie or at least find something to watch on Netflix. Get out of here.